welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me, we're going to pick up as we make our way through the book of Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. Title of the message is The Scarlet Rider. The Scarlet Rider. I was hoping that we would do the whole chapter, 17, but uh, I decided we're going to look at the first four verses today. So, not the whole chapter. So, I mentioned uh, last week that I went to Tampa, Florida for the conference and all. I had a, an awesome time, shared how when I was in the airport, talked about all that, but on the way back was a different situation. On the way back, we had a lady on the, the flight attendant, one of the flight attendants, she thought that she was the mask police. So she was, and now I know why my wife didn't go on this trip, because it wouldn't have worked out very well. I mean, she literally, I kid you not, she marched down the aisle and she was yelling at people. Not just, she never once, and I was paying close attention, she never once, you know, nicely asked anybody, oh, do you mind please putting your mask over your nose and it's fallen down? She never did that once. She yelled at everyone. If the mask came down past somebody's nose, she screamed and said, sir, put your mask over your nose now. And then she'd come back. This is no lie. I'm not exaggerating. She'd come back again and she'd said, sir, this is your last warning. Put it over your nose. And she said this to several people on the whole flight, through the whole flight. One of the times the the gentleman, because he had his last warning, said, I'm eating. And she says, I want you to cover your nose and your mouth between bites. (laughs) I kid you not. And I'm like, oh, Lord, is this Nazi Germany or what? What are we doing here? And the interesting thing was, is, you know, uh, Eric Himmler and I, we had a chance to, to talk with her, and she was, you know, we were just loving on her and just, I mean, trying, I mean, I, I had to bite my tongue and just talk through my mask and all, but, uh, but the thing was, it was a breathable mask. Someone got it for me so I could breathe freely. It wasn't restricting my, my breathing at all, so it was perfect. It was wonderful, and nobody was the wiser, so that was good, but... <laughs> But she was, uh, overall, she's just a nice person. She was really great. We talked to her, and we said, well, what is your name? She goes, oh, me? You want to know my name? And she said, yeah, what's your name? And we were just kind of loving on her, and she was just being really sweet to us and everything. And I believe she really felt that she was just doing the best for mankind because she doesn't know any better. This is what she's thinking. And so, so we gave her grace. But uh, the other flight attendant, gentleman, I really didn't even need to hear him speak because I saw Jesus beaming right through his eyes. And as soon as he spoke, I was like, that's it. And I, I, so I said something to him like, you know, so you're a Christian. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, whatever you're doing, keep it up. I said, you're just shining Jesus. And it, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. And, then, and as I was talking with him and just everything he was saying, just, just you could tell that this speech, his speech gave him away, that he loved the Lord. And so I uh, had an awesome conversation with him and, and realizing, you know, he's part of the body of Christ. And, and here at the church today, we're called to shine for Jesus. All of us are to shine for Jesus. We're to radiate Jesus. We're to be a light in this dark world. It's not easy, is it? Matter of fact, it's impossible without the Holy Spirit working through us. And God wants to work through us. 
When the rapture of the church takes place, and I believe the rapture is when all believers, true believers in the living God will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. I believe we're living in such a day that we would see this happen. I really believe that with all my heart. When that happens, there will be a counterfeit church that will take place here on the earth. It'll be a counterfeit worldwide church, and there'll be one that'll be over that counterfeit worldwide church. He's called the false prophet. Many are going to follow this false prophet because they rejected the truth of God's word. It will have nothing to do with the true and living God. It'll sound good. It'll tickle your ears. It'll make you feel fuzzy and warm inside. It'll be all about you and you and, and what you need. It'll have nothing to do with God. It'll have everything to do with you and this false prophet and this antichrist that'll come on the scene. It could happen soon. Wouldn't it be nice if the rapture happened right now? No. <laughs> Seriously. Those that don't know the Lord in here would be, be freaking out like, where did they go? What happened? Well, it's called the rapture of the church. It's Jesus Christ came the first time to the earth. There'll be the rapture of the church. He's going to take the church out from the world. And then the second time he's coming back with the church. It's called the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're going to read about in this chapter this false system, this corrupt system that's headed up by the false prophet. And it's, I call it spiritual Babylon. And I would ask you, please stand with me as I read these first four verses and we'll look at this. John the Apostle writes, verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me. That's John the Apostle. This angel's talking with John the Apostle, saying to me, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth commit fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Last verse we're going to look at today, verse 4. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Lord, as we look at these, these four verses, as we talk about your word, Lord, make clear your your message to us. Again, Lord, please give us application in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Last week, we looked at the final judgment, the final bowl judgment. Um, for those that weren't here last week, just real quick, there's going to be a time, it's called the time of tribulation. You wonder all these crazy things that are happening right now. Um, a lot of it's spoken about in the, in the Bible. We talk about that here. Uh, it's going to take place, what's going to happen is a, a precursor, it's a, a foreshadow of things to come, things are going to get worse, I wish I could stand up here and say, things are going to get better, don't worry, I would be lying to you, things are going to get worse, we're seeing just the start of things that are going to happen during the tribulation period, the tribulation period basically will be hell on earth here, it's bad, it's, 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 it's really bad, you don't want to be here, um, we looked at last week, this is the final bull was poured out into the air. Uh, there was lightning, thunders. There was an earthquake like this, er, this world never has ever seen before. Islands will be moved out of place. Mountains are going to all fall down. And then there's going to be hail 
that's going to fall on people. Hailstones, the weight of 75 to 100 pounds. That's what's going to happen. That's the bad news. The good news, the church won't be here during that time. That's the good news. So we will be where? In heaven. In heaven. So the church will be raptured before all this happens, right? And I know there's people, every time I say this, people online, just uh, their eschatology is different than my eschatology, but I can never see God punishing his bride and beating up his bride on the earth. No, it's, it will be taken up out of the way, and we've talked about that before. Um, this chapter is very interesting. As we just read, we're going to see, I believe it's partially written in type, like of a, a type of a code type of a way, different words for different meanings. We'll talk about that. I believe possibly the reason why that uh, took place, why John did that, is because he's going to be talking about Rome, and Rome was an authority at the time. So he kind of was speaking in code, kind of like we do online. We speak in code sometimes because we get thrown off if we don't do that. So kind of the same thing. He's speaking in code for people to understand. But they, if you really look at it, they, the people he's writing to are understanding exactly what he's talking about. And we'll look at that. So I, I, did, I think he did it to protect himself and to protect the persecuted church because Rome was an authority. They were killing Christians during the time. So I believe that's, uh, that's what was taking place. Uh, one thing I like to point out every Sunday going through the book of Revelation to remind everybody, the book of Revelation, please don't miss this, the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises a threefold blessing. We are blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we are blessed when we apply it. So we just read it. We just heard it. There's uh, two, two blessings there. So let's do our best to try to make some application and apply this wonderful text that's before us. So let's look back in verse 1. So again, John the Apostle writes, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me. So this is John having this, uh, looking into the future, the seven angels that poured out the bowls. He says, come, and I, he wanted to talk to him. He says, come, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, and whom the kings of the earth commit fornication. The inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. She sits on many waters. Um, we know exactly who, what that is because it tells us very clearly that many waters in verse 15 are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So uh, this harlot is over the world, basically. This woman is over the world. But who is this woman is a good question, and it tells us. So we don't have to guess. Verse 18 if you look down to verse 18, I'll put it up on the screen. The woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So the woman is a city. And I believe in context as we look, it's not just a city. It's, it is a city, but it's a location where this religious system, this world false religious system would be head, will be headquartered. Okay, some say possibly Jerusalem. I don't believe so. Uh, some say Babylon, that because it says Babylon, it's literal Babylon. So some believe that. I believe it's Rome myself. And I'll, I'll go through why I believe this is, he's speaking about Rome. We'll look at some different things, why I believe that. But I believe it's Rome. Um, but it's the first three and a half years. Remember, seven years of tribulation, right? The first three and a half years, this false prophet will be most likely in Rome, heading up this, this false religious system. People are going to be wondering, you know, where did all the people disappear? And, and they're going to be wanting to know what's happening. Do you know that 
that uh, there's the, the, like a new age type thinking that, uh, that the earth is going to purge a bunch of people, that we're going to be purged out of here for their evolution, that they will evolve, but we're in, in the way. So people like us, we're in the way. So we, we're going to need to be purged out of the way. So they're going to, you know, that's going to be part of their understanding. Oh, yeah, they were purged. And they might even believe maybe UFOs just took them away, out of our way, so we can evolve into what we're supposed to be. So that's going to be, we'll look at, you know, in, in Rome. But then we're told scripturally that in the middle of the tribulation period, right, three and a half years, uh, the Antichrist will, will stand in the temple of God there in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, and he'll declare himself to be who? God. God. He's going to declare himself that he is God, the Antichrist. And then... It says a lot of them are going to flee. The Jewish people are going to flee from him like, whoa, that's not what I've signed up for. And they're going to leave, right? They're going to, they're going to flee to the, you know, to the mountains and all. God's going to protect them. God's going to take care of them. So I believe the three and a half years, Rome, head up in Rome, then he's going to declare himself to be God. At the end of the chapter, which we'll get into, he's going to, once he's done with this false religious system, the Antichrist, he's going to kill her, get rid of her. He's going to destroy this false religious system. Why? Because he wants the worship. So that's my understanding of all that. A lot of information for a Sunday morning, huh? <laughs> As we talk about false religion, many people, people that I know, they, they call themselves, they'll say, I'm, I'm a religious person. And, and you'll talk to them about it. Say, well, I go to church every Sunday. Okay. Or they'll say, I, I pray all the time. Okay. But then when you talk to them about real spiritual things in the Bible, or you talk to them about being born of the Holy Spirit, then this is the response I get. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you get this response? They'll say, oh, I'm not that kind of a Christian. <laughs> but do you know, biblically speaking, that's the only kind of Christian there is? Amen. Seriously. Genesis to Revelation. Read through it. I do all the time. The only real Christian is someone that has a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. It's not about religion. See, I grew up in religion, and I, I used to go through the motions, sit down, stand, do the sign of the cross, you know, kneel, this, that, say these certain things, and I would say, I could say them in my sleep, these certain things, and just, that's called religion. It's not a relationship. God wants a relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ. So we have all these man-made, so-called, we call them religions, man-made religions. You have Buddhism, you have Hinduism, you have, you name it. These are all man-made religions. Islam, you have uh, atheism, you have all these, they, they have a form, most of them have a form of godliness, but they, they stop it not allowing a person to have a relationship with God. And they fall short. You see, when we're raptured, all these people are going to look for answers. They're going to say, we're, we're religious, but where do we go? And then so there's, there's going to be this world religion that's going to say, no, no, we're all going to kumbaya, we're all going to come, let's all come together, please. And, everything, and it sounds so good, doesn't it? Oh, we can all be one and unite. And it sound, on the surface, it sounds great, but then that makes Jesus Christ a lunatic because Jesus Christ said, I'm the only way to the Father. I'm the only way you can get to heaven. You must be born of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. Are we seeing the start of a one-world religion in our world today? I believe we are. You see this? Love your neighbor. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity come together over COVID-19, the World Economic Forum says. Faith leaders from Christianity, Judaism, and Islam support government 
efforts to control the coronavirus. Men and women of faith can supply their digital know-how to build good communication during the crisis. And then it says, we have seen fellow prominent faith leaders from Christianity, Judaism, and Islam um, ensuing options and guidelines and coming together. On the surface, it sounds great. There's nothing wrong with, you know, getting along in community. There's nothing wrong with that. But it gets a little deeper. Remember this one? I showed this one not too long ago. So in Germany, you have the house of three religions under one roof, the house of one. So you've got the hybrid church, very first time ever happening. Uh, it's there. It's not even fully built yet, but they're working on this, where they're going to bring the three, these three major religions together all under one roof. How about this? Quick fact. Did you know that there's an organization called the, the World Council of Religious Leaders that works closely with the United Nations in an attempt to unite all world religions? Did you know that? The Pope, do you realize uh, the Pope? Many times, 12 times, Pope Francis has openly promoted a one world religion or a one world order. I'll give you an example. In uh, June of 2014, remember, for the very first time, Catholicism under, the, under Pope Francis, he authorized Islamic prayers and reading of the Quran in the Vatican. And then remember this, January 2016, the Vatican released an extremely disturbing video which Pope Francis declared that all the major world religions are seeking God or meeting God in different ways. Ultimately, he says, we are all, every one of us, are children of God. Remember that video? I'm going to show it to you. It's, so it's saying Islam, we're all children of God. Uh, the Buddhists, we're all children of God. Hindus, we're all children of... No, 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 no. We're, please don't confuse. This is very deceptive because we're not all children of God. You need to be born into the family of God. We are all created by God. That's different, right? What did Jesus say? Let me, let me give you the scripture for that. Jesus said, this is Jesus' words, but as many as received him, talking about Jesus... To them, he gave the right to become, can we say that together? Children of God. So do we believe the Pope or do we believe Jesus? Jesus. Jesus Jesus said, you have to receive me to become a child of God. And then it goes on to those who believe in his name, who are born, not of blood. It's not a bloodline thing, nor of the will of flesh. You can't will this to happen, nor of the will of man, not by your own will, but of what? God. Born of God. You must be born of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told a very religious person called Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But then he said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. He says, why do you marvel at this? And he told this very religious man, Nicodemus, you have to have a spiritual birth. There must be a spiritual birth. So, Pope Francis is saying, no, 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 we're all children of God. The, the sad thing is, is that then there's no hope beyond the grave. Listen, we, do you know, we can love someone all the way to hell. Seriously, you can love them all the way to hell. Oh, you're fine. Oh, no, you don't need Jesus. You believe your way, I'll believe my way. All roads lead to heaven. You ever hear that before? Well, they all do lead. When you die, you're going to stand before your maker. But if you want to get into heaven itself... Jesus said, I'm the only way to heaven. You must have a spiritual birth. You see, all of us fall short. We all sin. 
Sin has to be dealt with. And Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away our sin. We give him our sin. We confess that we're sinners. We repent of our sin. And he takes away our sin, our guilt, our shame, and all the penalty. The wages of sin is death, but he died in our place. He takes away your sin, and he fills you with his Holy Spirit, and he gives you new life. And then when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, to be absent from our body will be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. Don't believe the lie that, oh, no, 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 all we need is love, da, 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 da. (laughs) No, we're to love. God is love. But you have to receive Christ as your Savior. You must have the Holy Spirit. So this is deceptive. It's very deceptive. Lord, help us to communicate that in love that people are not lied to. Yes, we are seeing uh, this coming together before our eyes. But let's go back on our text. So he carried me, this is John speaking, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Anybody know who the scarlet beast is? No takers on that one? (laughs) It's the Antichrist. So I saw the woman sitting on the scarlet beast, that's the Antichrist, who was full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Ten horns, uh, we'll see, uh, the scripture makes it very clear, these are ten kings, ten rulers. In the time of tribulation, there will be ten leaders, the Antichrist will be the head of that. But this woman is supported by this Antichrist, the, the scarlet beast, and they work hand in hand. The false religion and the uh, Antichrist are gonna work hand in hand. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stone and pearls. I ask you to do your own homework on all this. Arrayed in purple and scarlet. Do those colors mean anything to you? Think about that. Adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. Having in her hand a a golden cup. Interesting. Full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Let's go back. Let me see if... This is where it gets interesting. The seven heads. Seven heads were told very clearly what they are. There's seven mountains on which the woman sits. You might say, well, what does that mean? Well, I believe this is what it's, it's talking about. So seven mountains in Rome is known as uh, the, um, the city of seven hills. So we, many believe that this is Rome where she's going to. So it's a place where I believe the city where this, uh, this false religious system will be uh, headquartered right there in Rome. But some real interesting stuff here. Did you know that during the time that John wrote this, that on the coinage, uh, this is Rome's coinage, it has uh, Caesar on the front, but uh, this Roma is a goddess and she's sitting on seven hills there. That's the coin. That would have been the coin that that they had when John was writing this. So that gives a clue to this little code thing that he's talking about. This woman that sits on seven hills. It's this uh, woman here. So it's Rome. I believe it's Rome. Uh, the church reformers who taught the mystery Babylon, and this woman was Rome, was John Knox, William Tyndale, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wycliffe, names that you would have heard of. Early church leaders taught the same thing. Uh, you've got Tertullian, you've got Jerome, and you, you try to just pronounce the other ones. I'll leave them up to you to pronounce this. <laughs> we should always stay alert. 
We should always look for pitfalls. We should always look for areas that are going to trip us up. And we should always be keenly aware of our surroundings and, what, and realize the fact that, guys, listen, please listen. As a Christian, as a believer, this is not a playground for us. You know that, right? It's a battlefield. Uh, don't take my word for it. The Bible tells us we're, we are in a battle. Why would Paul the Apostle say oh, for us to, to put on the whole armor of God? Because we're in a battle. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.